This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Brought to you by Dext. Welcome to the Best Practice in Accounting podcast. This is part of a show under the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network, where myself, Rob Brown, and mainly Martin Bissett give you our distilled wisdom from years and years of consulting, training, mentoring, coaching, accounting professionals to be better, do better, have more. And Martin, you generally bring some stories to us of stuff that's worked in the trenches. What have you got for us today? So Rob, what happens when you are a million pound or a million dollar or a million euro or a million of your currency sole practitioner and you have no more capacity left? How do you grow on that basis? And that was a challenge for a firm that uh, I work very closely with. It's, it's fairly rare in the UK where we're broadcasting from to get a sole practitioner to be in seven figures, but they are. But they have a capacity issue. They cannot carry on. They want to grow. Uh, in fact, they want to double their growth, um, but they want to do less work for it. So and just to give this a little bit of context, Martin, we have listeners across the world that are in, count- in accounting firms of all sizes. So we try and make this applicable to everyone. There presumably are lessons here for people in the bigger firms to take away here. Oh, absolutely. In terms of what the solutions are that this practice has found. So they've, they've got to that point where they want to carry on growing, but there's no more capacity and they're not all that keen, whether they could find them or not, in having an enormous team. They don't want to be a, you know, a king over so many different people. So they have all these parameters. I don't want more people. I do want more fees. I do want more profit. I don't want to spend any more time doing it all. So how do I grow? And this was the challenge they faced. And what I love about their solutions is it, it they've done it with the client in mind. They've thought about what is the best solution for the client, not for me, for the client. So here's what they did. We talked in an in a episode recently about an article where somebody was saying the great reassessments and we should consider quality over quantity of clients. Well, this is exactly what this firm has done. So they've realized that if they have, let's say, um, their million of their recurring fees made up of two and a half thousand pounds clients everywhere they go, that's not as good as having it made up of, say, 10 clients at £100,000 ago on that basis. So obviously, if you lose, if you have a smaller number of clients and much higher fees per client and you lose one of them, it, it stings a lot more. But that's what they started doing. They started making this evolution and transition through to being a boutique practice from being a general practice, a general practice taking on everything they can. And they went from being a million of general practice clients to being on their way to being 2 million of boutique clients. So they're only dealing with people who will pay them a certain amount, will engage them on a certain basis. They'll only do it with a team where the team, get this, the team say yes to bringing on the client. So not the leader, not the practitioner, not the principal, but the team have to say, we want this one. There are certain conditions. They have to have the bookkeeping. They want the bookkeeping as well. And they have basically fashioned this practice to be what the client um, gets the most out of. So what's the most value for the client? So when a client comes along, 
and says, I want you to do my uh, accounts prep and tax work, and I don't want to pay more than this. They look at it and say, well, that's not the best solution for the client. That's not going to help the client achieve what they want to achieve, so it's a no. But if you do want to come on board and we'll help you with this, 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 and this, then it's a yes. And we charge this much for that. And they have completely transformed their practice and therefore now have spare capacity as a result of transforming what it is they do, what it is they don't do, and how much they charge. And you're not necessarily talking about them niching in particular sectors, are you? You're just saying, hey, we're very good at this, and these are the kind of clients that we want and the kind of work that we will do for them. Yes, it's it's basically two criteria. It's the, client, the clients that can afford them and the clients that are prepared to have that practice be a major part of their future. So getting stuck into hand-holding work, future planning, um, financial literacy is a big part of it, uh, tax planning, bookkeeping, payroll. It's it's a certain solution there to say this. You know, you're gonna, we're going to be your whole back office for your business. You know, we're going to be your non-executive director, your CFO. It's that kind of thing. And and what they've done is they've increased revenue, increased profitability, decreased workload, decreased labor intensity, and eliminated as far as possible paying the backside clients. As our American friends would say, you do the math. They figured it out. A greater share of wallet with a lower number of clients equals a more profitable practice. Yep. And of course, guys, is it all plain sailing? No, of course not. The big, big challenge for this practice now is what happens when we lose one of our major clients. So the next stage now is they're looking into retention. Uh, and, and, and how do we keep clients? And why do clients leave if they leave? And how could we stop that from happening in the future? And that's where their thoughts are now, because they've now built a practice that's a wee bit more scalable than it used to be a lot more profitable than it used to be. More sellable. <laughs> more saleable. The team are like the client base. And here's the other thing I forgot to mention, Rob. The team are also rewarded in more than just pay. Okay, so whether it is, and in this practice, I can give a couple of examples, paid holidays. I don't mean paid holidays. I mean paid trips. Okay. Paid vacations. What's your dream holiday? Two weeks in the Algarve. Off we go. Off you go. We'll pay for it. See you later. Take the whole family. So there's that. There's preference shares. There's B-class shares. So they've got a slice of the action as well. There's all sorts going on in this practice because they've decided who they don't want to be and who they do want to be in the future. Now, Martin, just to finish this off, it's a brilliant story. When we scale a firm up to more partners, more decision makers, more stakeholders, more investors, whatever it is, decisions like this, you've got to be agile. You've got to be of one accord. You've got to have a common vision, a common goal, a unified culture. Is this kind of thing doable in larger firms? It's a, that's a brilliant question. I guess it depends on what we mean by larger firms. So the way I would answer that is to say that the culture of this firm is what I might call a quasi-democracy. Everyone gets a say, everyone gets a vote, but everyone knows that the final decision rests with the principal, the firm owner. And everyone respects that and plays accordingly. They all know that they have, their voices are heard and considered, but they also know that not every decision will go their way. And they're okay with that. But they don't have to play along with it. It's almost a question of who's with us on the team bus and who isn't it. And if you're not, we totally understand and we'll let you go on good terms. But if you are, this is a great journey. Strap in. Well, they're, indeed, but their attention's high. And I think that because they are compensated for when decisions don't go their way by so many different benefits that the firm's offering. Yeah. Martin, that's a fantastic story. This is Best Practice in Accounting. We have five shows going out every week. The first is Success in Accounting on Monday. 
Then it's insights in accounting, which is our take on the news and giving you the key takeaways there. Influences in accounting comes out on Wednesday. These are all on your podcast apps, channels, whatever platforms you listen. Best practice, this show comes out on a Thursday. And we have a UK-focused show called UK Matters in Accounting that comes out on a Friday. Thank you to all of our sponsors and you, our wonderful listeners. We will see you tuning in next week. And please drop in on any of our other shows on the podcast channel of your choice. Have a great day. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world. Brought to you by Dext.